0: you are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, praise the Lord. Father, we just want to thank you today for your great love for us and the way, Lord, that Again, Lord, we, we've witnessed this morning the truth of your word. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. And as we've opened up our hearts and our minds to you today and began to sing those songs with meaning and, and purpose, so oh God, in our hearts, Lord, we have sensed your power and your presence in this, in this room. And so, Lord, we want to thank you for that. We pray now, Lord, that as we look into your word, which you said, will never return to you void, but will accomplish that which you purpose. Lord, we pray that you will just speak to our hearts through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been uh, on a series entitled Back to Our Roots. This is the third one of the series. And uh, so, basically, you could call the, the, the title of The Message today... Uh, send the fire. Lord, we want you to send the fire into our lives. Amen? And we're going to start at Acts chapter 10 today. And we're covering the whole chapter. Um, but chapter 10, verses 1 to 48. I'll, I'll read uh, down to verse 8 for to start us off with. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. We have been considering that our Christian roots is traced right back to the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit baptized or filled Jewish believers In the early first century. He is still baptizing and filling people today. Nothing has changed. The church was born in an upper room in Jerusalem. With 120 people present. All Jewish who were there to receive power. Promised by Jesus when he said. Don't leave Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. And all of these people were from Galilee. They were known as Galileans. Now, Christianity is now a worldwide faith. Billions of people of every race has been spiritually born into this great family. This was... God's plan before he even created God. Before, I mean, before he even created the world. God saw to it that this day would come. He created man in his own image. In John three sixteen says, God so loved the world, his creation... That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever means me and it means you. Whosoever means people in Iran and people in Syria. The people of every nation under heaven. God don't make distinctions between them. He died for the Muslim, he died for the Buddhist, he died for the the people who call themselves Christian. Every person on the face of this earth, God loved every one of us so much that he gave his son Jesus to become flesh and blood just like you and I and to die on the cross so that we could be saved. And the only stipulation is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to say what you believe and you will be saved. You got to believe the right thing, of course. You got to believe in Jesus as the only remedy for sin. There's not many ways to God, only one. I'm sorry, it just so so happens to be that I belong to a group of people that believe in this. But if I did not belong to this group of people, and I'm not talking about the people in in this church. I belong to a group of people who call themselves the church of Jesus Christ. In fact, they don't call themselves that. Jesus referred to that. The Bible refers to that. We are the bride of Christ, and we're we we are we are made up of Pentecostal denominationals. We are made up of Word of Faith people. We are made up of independent. We are made up of indenominationals. We are made up of Baptists and Alliance. And every person on this earth, no matter what church they go to, if they believe that Jesus died on the cross for them, if they have accepted that as the only way of salvation, and say, Lord, I believe that you gave your son to die upon the cross so that I could be saved. You're born again. You confess that with your mouth, and you're born again. And it's so simple that people are stumbling over it. As if somebody had a a rope across the road about two feet high or, or six inches high. And they're just stumbling over it. They're tumbling over this obstacle that is so, so clear, so plain that even a child can understand. When I was nine years of age, I ran to the altar and knelt down and cried like a baby that I had given my heart to Jesus and I said, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. You say a nine-year-old boy couldn't have had too much wrong in his life. But I want you to know the next morning when I woke up, I felt as light as a feather. I felt so clean and so pure. Because Jesus had taken the sin out of my life, and he had made me a child of God. I wish I could have said from, from then on, man, I've lived a perfect life. Those of you who, who worked the, 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 the control rooms in, in, in the refineries and in the oil systems, you know those charts that you have and the temperatures and the pressures and everything and how it's up and down and up and down, and you're trying to look for a good balance there, but very seldom will you have it that good. And if it's going good like that for very long, you know it's not going to last that long. You're going to have times when it's going to be up and down, and that's the way my life was, but oh, I want to thank God for his saving and his keeping power. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to worry about walking on water. God will take care of you. If you've got a heart for God, he will will help you to be the man of God that he called you to be. You see, he created you. He understands exactly how you work. Some of you are mechanics and you, you work on engines. Big diesel engines or big big. big uh, compressors and all of these things. You understand how these things work. You can take it all apart and and someone come in and you see all of those nuts and bolts and, 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 and cylinders and everything there and you say, wow, how are you ever going to get that together? If I had to do it, it would never get together, but a good mechanic can take all of that and Put it all in its right place. and Turn the key or press the button and it purrs like a kitten. That's because you know it. You know it from inside and out. You understand what's going on in those motors. God understands what's going on in your life. He knows the pressures that come upon you. He knows what it is to have peer pressure. He knows what it is to be contradicted. He knows what it is to be abused. He knows what it is to be rejected. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he's out to help you. He's not out to condemn you because, oops, you fell. You got yourself all messed up. You've you've earned yourself a bad name in the community or a bad name in the church. Hey, folks... God knows. God understands and he wants to help you. He wants to restore you. God in his wisdom chose Abraham and his seed to become a great nation so that he would reveal himself to the whole world through that nation. In Genesis chapter, two, uh, chapter 12, rather, verse 2 and 3, he says, I will make... Of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. In all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you. All of the families of the earth. And we are, I don't know if some of you know this. But we are Abraham's seed. We're not Jewish. But God was talking about a a, a, a physical generation, and he was talking about a spiritual generation. We are the spiritual generation of Abraham. We've been adopted into the family of God. And now all of the promises that was given to Abraham become ours. Isn't that something? We've been adopted into the family of God. The apostles first preached the gospel in Jerusalem starting at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. When in chap- when then in chapter 8, we see the church scattered under persecution. And wherever they went, they preached the gospel. They went to places where there were no persecution. So they preached the gospel until persecution came there too. And then they moved on somewhere else. And they kept preaching the gospel. This was a time of of deep radical intolerance between the Jew and the Gentiles. Jewish culture forbade, forbade a Jew even to enter the home of a Gentile. Much of the Gentile food would be considered unclean for a Jewish person to eat. So it would take a miracle for God to bless the whole world through Abraham's descendant, which was Jesus Christ. Jesus was a Jew, a Jewish man. But then God is a God of miracles. He's a God of the impossible, the things that are thought impossible with man. In Acts chapter 10, the story of that miracle is given. It recounts how the gospel that we enjoy today as Gentiles first came to the Gentiles, people outside of the Jewish race. And so we we, we began... With the man Cornelius. He was a religious man. He was devout, sincere, genuine, honest, and truthful. It means that he held a special reverence for God. It's what we call the fear of the Lord. He feared God. He reverenced God. His whole household followed his example. So that you could classify him as a wise man. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you begin to reverence God, recognize him for who he is, the great creator, the savior of our souls. That's wise. Now Cornelius was a man of prayer and he gave generously to the poor. And some people think, well, that was good enough. He must have been saved. There's a lot of people that give generously to the poor that are not saved, not born again. There are a lot of people that pray that are not born again. I don't know how many people that I've talked to that are not born again. And one of their first defenses when they're talking to me is, well, I pray every day. It doesn't work that way, folks. There's a special prayer that you got to pray. You got to ask Jesus to come into your heart. You got to confess your sin. You got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. That all of the work that you've ever done has done nothing to save you. You've got to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, and your household shall be saved. That was the message, the first message of the gospel that was preached to people after the day of Pentecost. And it's the same message that we preach. Now, these characteristics that we listed about Cornelius was an unusual characteristic for a Roman soldier. They are usually pictured as cruel and heartless. Cornelius, of course, was a centurion. That means that he was in charge of a company of 100 Roman soldiers. As an officer of the Roman army, he was a man of authority and influence. He had a good report, the Bible says, among the nation of the Jews. He probably learned his godly principles from contact with the Jewish faith. It was not enough that Cornelius was sincere and genuine and honest and truthful. He still needed to hear the gospel message about Jesus. And so God directed him, as he was praying one day, God directed him to send for Peter. He needed to believe and receive Jesus into his life. Peter preached Christ who died for both the Jew and the Gentile, to whosoever. To him, Peter, in his sermon, said to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission or forgiveness of sin. This meant that Cornelius needed to confess and repent just like everyone else did. Although he was a good man, although he was a, a real giver, although he honored the Jewish faith, All of these things, yet he needed a relationship with Jesus. No matter how good you think you are, you're not good enough. There is none good, the Bible says. No, not one. Amen? That includes me. I think it includes you too. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. You say, Pastor, why are you saying these things this morning? I thought you were talking about uh, you're talking about the uh, the fact that uh, we're getting back to our roots. Well, that's our roots, folks. That's our roots. This is what it began with, and this is what it should continue with. So it meant that that Cornelius needed to confess and repent, just like everyone else. No matter how good you think you are, you're not good enough. And Paul states this fact very clearly. Now, no matter how good he may have appeared to be to men, or how many godly things he may have done, he was still lost without Christ. Not by works of righteousness. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. All the good deeds that we do. The good good deeds before salvation don't mean anything. It's good. It's just honorable to do these things. But it doesn't mean anything for salvation. After you have given your heart to Jesus, you should be doing good things. Good works. Amen? Not before. You're putting the cart before the horse. And if you get the idea that all of these good works are going to outweigh your bad things, you're going to be finding yourself standing before the judge of all this earth one day. And hear the voice of him say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I do not know you. you got to come through the door. You can't climb up some other way. And this is promised to all who believe. That if you confess, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is so necessary for every person today to know, to hear. Every person without Christ, and may I say, every religious man or woman who haven't accepted Jesus as their Savior, you need to know this. You are not a true Christian because your parents or your family are Christians. I don't care how many pastors and evangelists are in your family. Your uncle, your father, your mother may be a pastor maybe a priest, maybe uh, in the order of the nuns, and all of these things. It doesn't matter, folks. Everyone stands before God. One day, if he and I, if the Lord tarries, we're going to pass from time into eternity by the way of the grave, by death. And when we stand before God, whether that is by death or the rapture comes, and we are raptured with a bunch of you people, we stand before God alone. I cannot answer for Effie, and Effie cannot answer for me. My father was a godly man. My mother was a godly woman. They have no bearing whatsoever except the fact that they taught me the right way. And help me in my decision to make a decision for Jesus Christ. But I have to answer for myself. Jesus told the religious man, you must be born again. You must be born again. Jesus said that. That's why we preach that you've got to be born again. Makes sense, doesn't it? Amen. And now let's look at the man Peter. The next day, Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 23. Uh, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. or He had a spiritual experience, which we basically refer to as a vision. Okay? And he saw heaven open, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him, and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. A voice came to him and said, "'Rise, Peter!' Kill and eat. Verse 14 says, Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. The voice spoke to him again the second time and said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. And now while Peter wondered, "...within himself what this vision meant. Behold, a man who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down, go with them, doubting nothing." For I have sent them. Then Peter went down to to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation with all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to this house and to hear words from you. And then he invited them in and lodge them. My information is that the distance between Jaffa and Caesarea is the same distance from Coal Lake to Bonneville. Today, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. With our beautiful cars, today we can get there pretty fast. As a, a good Jew, all of his life, Peter had maintained a strict division between clean and unclean food as as outlined in Leviticus chapter 11. It is understandable that the command to rise and kill and eat would be repulsive to Peter as a Jew. So that's why Peter said, not so Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. But this was completely against everything that his Jewish religion taught. Yet Jesus had declared all food clean. Listen to it. Mark chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. This is what Jesus is saying to them. And Peter's among them when Jesus said this. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable to God in God's eyes. Still, God had to repeat the vision three times, the Bible says, before Peter got the message. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. I remember when I was just a very young man, And the Holy Spirit began to move in the Catholic Church. And a lot of people in my denomination found it very hard to understand how someone in the Catholic Church who was praying to Mary and confessing their sins to the priest could be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, folks, don't ever try to put God in a box. You're going to be sadly mistaken if you do. You see, this gospel that was preached on the day of Pentecost, every denomination, every group of people that are worshiping God in some way or form today has its roots in Pentecost. Everything has strayed away from that. And people got together and they said, well, I don't believe this and I don't believe that. And, and so you get a group of people together. And just when they begin to gel together, they're really going to make some progress for the Lord. Oh, they've got to split. And so they're going to start another church down the road. And they're going to call it something else. And, and sometimes even churches, and this one has done it as well as others, we, have, we change our name and we think everything's going to be fine now. We're Coal Lake Community Church. But we still got to get back to our roots. If we don't, we're just following in the same old, same old. And before you know it, another group of people will rise from this congregation. And they'll plant a sign somewhere else. And they're the way. But let me tell you something, folks. There is one way. And that's the old time religion. And those who stick closer to it will have a greater move of God. That's just the way it is. Amen? That clock is is beating me today. Okay. So Peter was still wrestling with the meaning of the vision when those messengers arrived. And suddenly he understands what it's all about. God is pointing Peter to people. It's not about the food. He's pointing Peter to people because at this point, a good Jew considers the Gentiles, they just can't be in on this. They can't have the power of the Holy Spirit like we've had. And so he he goes in obedience because he's had this vision. And when you have an experience with God, there's something about that experience That just drives you. And so he can't argue with the fact that he has heard from the Lord. And so now Peter begins to understand. Hey, God has been talking to me about the Gentiles. He's telling me that I am not to call the Gentiles unclean. If God has cleansed them, if God cleanses their heart, then they are just in the same same standing with God that I am. And so, the revelation is clear when Peter readily asked them to stay overnight. Come in. Stay with me. Now, 49 kilometers would be a long day's journey, even, I guess, on horseback. You know, you look at those cowboy movies and, 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 and things, or, or you look at races, you know, horse races, and these are horses that have been trained and trained for this. But you can't get on a horse and gallop it to, to, uh, to Bonneville. If you do, you're not going to have a horse. You're going to have to shoot it long before you get to Bonneville. Right? Put it out of his misery. And so it took a quite a while. So they came, they came down from Caesarea. And so Peter says, well, you stay with us tonight. You stay in my place tonight. And then tomorrow, we'll go over and see Cornelius. <clears throat> so that's what they did. So no nationality or race or class of people is beyond God's call. Whoever will confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, they will be saved. Amen? That's the good news. Now, okay, so we talked about Cornelius. We talked about Peter. Now, these two people, they, they, as, when, when they meet, they begin to compare notes. Well, wow. confirmation. Don't we do that still today? We rejoice when we, we, we feel, we sense that God is speaking into our heart. And then you talk to somebody else and it's confirmed. Amen? So when Peter arrives, we're going to talk now about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a person too. The third person of the Trinity. Okay, Peter arrives at Caesarea. He finds the meeting place is packed with family and friends of Cornelius because Cornelius is preparing for this. God says, I want you to send for Peter, okay? And so when he sends his people off to get Peter, he's excited about this. God is going to explain some things to me that I don't fully understand. And so he, gets all, he wants all of his people, the friends, his neighbors, his family, that he, he wants them to know about this as well. So Peter begins confirming the the new revelation that he has received from the Lord. Then Peter said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company and to go with one one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Oh, praise the Lord. There's nobody who's got a special seat In God's church. there's Nobody's got a a special place. We've got different ministries and different callings. But because I'm the pastor here. Don't make me any different than you folks. God has gifted me with a certain amount of ability. And power to be able to deliver to you. What he wants you to hear. That's the only difference. I'm, I'm doing what God called me to do. And if every one of us will do what God calls us to do, whatever that may be, the church of Jesus Christ will grow stronger, more powerful. It'll grow spiritually, and it'll grow numerically in a powerful way. Amen? Amen? So reassured by this, as Peter and Cornelius uh, share and compare their vision, they got confirmation. And reassured by this, Peter goes on to explain to the assembled Gentiles the good news of the gospel. And so he preaches life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And verse 38 to 43 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And what Jesus did when he was here on earth, that's what the church is supposed to be doing in a greater way, in a greater measure than Jesus could ever do because he was only one man in one place. The church is all over the world today. And so the church represents Jesus Every community, the church represents Jesus in every community, in every province, in every town, in every country, all over the world. Jesus has been represented. Holy Spirit indwelling people and the gospel message is going out and hundreds of thousands of people are praying to him this morning and asking Jesus to be the Lord of their life for the very first time. It's happening day after day after day, and the church of Jesus Christ is growing. So the Bible says that while Peter was still speaking, I can't go through all the scriptures because my time is gone, but while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. People were receiving the word. They were listening. And as they were giving heed, the Spirit began to move upon them. This again was a suddenly of God. And that's what we can expect, folks. I'm going to tell you, worship like we had this morning. One day, the worship is going to keep going on. There won't be any message preached that morning. The Spirit of God will fall, and the Spirit of God will do a work in your life that a million sermons could never do. But you are being fed the Word of God Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and midweek after midweek after midweek. And you are being filled with the Word of God for a purpose, for a reason, so that the Spirit of God will be poured out. And when the Spirit of God is poured out on us, we are going to be different people. And we're going to touch our community for Jesus. And our community is going to touch other communities for Jesus. And as more and more communities begin to touch people with the Lord's spirit and his power and his word, there's going to be a revival in Alberta like you've never seen. But just to make make you understand... The Spirit of God is moving all over Alberta right now. This is not the only place where people have been rejoicing in the Lord this morning. Folks, God is moving in our churches all over. In Pentecostal churches, in independent churches, in word of faith churches. God is moving and we are going to see a great turning to the Lord. God is preparing even the political world, although you see a lot of things that sort of makes you wonder. If you listen to the liberal media you will be confounded and confused. You will think that the world is coming to an end. But let me tell you, God is setting setting us up for something great. He's preparing us so that there will be a great move of God. It may be the last move before he comes again, before the trumpet sounds. We don't know those things. But one thing we know that we are right for a new fresh move of God. You can you can expect to see people being healed in every service. You can expect cancers to go in the name of Jesus. You can spe- expect heart trouble to be eradicated in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, we are on the brink of something that is great, something that is wonderful, something that is powerful. And we have to open ourselves up, throw away all of those, those, those uh, the contradictions, this confusion. What you've been taught as a child If it's not right with the word of God Don't believe it Say I want to be open to God I want God to move in my heart I want to see my family saved I want to see my sons and my daughters Brought back to him I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost I want God to move in my heart Like never before Friends God is more than willing to do that We've just got to get Right with God, we just got to open up and say, Lord, I'm hungry. Yeah. If what Pastor Hayward is talking about is, is even close to the truth, Lord, that's what I want. Yeah. Folks, I'm not trying to hoodwink you or whatever you call it. I want you to know the power of God. I've got a few good years left in me yet. And I want to use it, give it all for him. Jesus cares about you. I've got to stop. But anyway, praise the Lord. Conclusion, conclusion. Okay, here we go. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Godhead. He is God. And he is the might and the power of God. He's the same power that fell as fire on Mount Carmel. Remember Elijah? Prayed in the fire. They they drenched the altar with water. The fire fell. Same power that fell on the day of Pentecost. Same power that fell in Cornelius' house. This is our roots. The church of Jesus Christ was born in this baptism of power. The Holy Spirit is God at work in hearts and lives on this earth today. It's the power to save and the power to fill, the power to deliver and the power to heal. You can be set free from addictions of every kind. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, sexual addictions. He will heal your broken heart. He will restore your marriage. He will renew your spirit. There's nothing too difficult for him. So I pray. Lord. Let that same fire fall. Same fire that fell. On the day of Pentecost. Let it fall again. Upon us. You see. We're not satisfied just to read about it and to sing about it. We want to experience it. Oh, every song we sang today is good. But if all we do is sing about it, folks, we haven't arrived. We've got we to experience what we're singing. And so with this, I'm, I'm through. Oh, God. Send the fire. There's a song that we we sing, sometimes it's called, Oh God of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood-bought gift today we claim, send the fire today. Look down and see this waiting host and send the promised Holy Ghost. We need another Pentecost. Send the fire today. God of Elijah, hear our cry, send the fire Make us fit to live or die. Send the fire today. To burn up every trace of sin. To bring the light and glory in. The revolution now begins In my heart. Send the fire today. It's fire we want. And fire we plead. Send the fire. Fire will meet our every need. Send the fire. Today. For strength to always do what's right. For grace to conquer in the fight. For power to walk the world in white. Send the fire today. What God is about to do in Coal Lake, in the Coal Lake area, Lakeland area, can only be done in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be filled or refilled, just step out and receive. Maybe there's someone here right now and you say, this is it. If there's an altar call given to be filled with the Spirit today, I'm going. I want this power. Maybe you remember a time when you were filled with the Holy Ghost and you spoke in tongues and you rejoiced in the Lord, and you were given some special gifts, but those gifts lie dormant in your life today, and you need to be refilled, then you of all people need to be pouring out your heart to God at this altar today. Let the Holy Spirit move. Do what he wants to do in your life. And I want to remind you as well, we've got fellowship Right after this service, I'm going to pray, this will be the you consider that the closing prayer. I don't know what God wants to do here this morning. but let's not be in a hurry to run from the presence of God. Heavenly Father, you know. You know, Lord, we don't know. But you know, Spirit of God, do your work. Bless this people, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, your presence, your anointing. I pray, Lord, that what we are experiencing now, today, is nothing to what we're going to experience in the future. In the name of Jesus, build your church, Lord, In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you, folks. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.